We live in a deep, deep gravity well, and climbing up that, that mountain out of it is a lot of work to do. Um, but it's not impossible, it just requires work. And it's kind of like Bitcoin. Like if you, if you climb up that, if you build a Bitcoin stack, you're climbing up out of this fiat gravity well, and eventually your Bitcoin is gonna be high enough that you're in orbit, you can stay in orbit. Hey everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Okay, so tonight is a special night. Uh, We are recording right now. Um, Dan is not in tonight, but we do have a, a very interesting guest here. Can I? How, do, how would you like me to refer to you, by the way? <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, I mean, so I'm business cat on Twitter, but my first name's Luke. You can just call me Luke. Okay. So I've seen you a, a bunch of times on, on uh, Twitter, uh, business cat, and I'm um, just curious about who this person is because you've been, should I tell how I know where you're from? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you know on me. Like, what reconnaissance have you done? Well, the only thing I've done is that I can see who, um, who gives to our channel and gives to our show. Okay. So I, I can see those donations come in, and I can see the frequency in which they come in as well. And I can see, the, obviously, the amount. So it becomes interesting to see like, where things hit with who and You've donated to the ch- to the show, and thank you for doing that. Absolutely, I mean that's like totally, totally awesome. But sure, I'm curious. Yeah, no it's like it takes a thing to donate to a show, uh, because you, you're basically saying I find value. So it's interesting to think how, um, if you give your time, effort, you know, your personal time, you're giving it out to someone. You're saying I value your message. Sure. Um, so. That makes me obviously want to reach out and and speak to you about what you what you're finding in the show, where you came from, how you found the show. Oh, I and definitely then, like, enjoy your content. There, there you go. <laughs> well, basically, like the whole Bitcoin story. I mean, let's. I'll, those are the sweeping questions that I'll, I'll give you to start us off. All right. Uh, well, I mean, podcasting 2.0 is such a neat improvement on top of the the protocol that. I mean, I just, yeah, I, as soon as it became easy to use through Fountain, I started, I switched almost all of my podcasts over to Fountain. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I used to work as a cybersecurity professional and now I'm a stay-at-home dad and uh, I own, I have like a small business on the side. What is this? Is it, it's a cybersecurity business? uh, I mean, you could say that I, I do Bitcoin tech support. Bitcoin tech support. So, uh, you, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I've helped people like get into wallets. There's like people don't know, know how to mm. use their smartphones. So it's like there's there's a huge market opportunity for, I mean, as all of our parents get onboarded into what's about to happen, I mean, people are going to have questions about how to use the technology. And I've just, okay, it's like, so whenever we had our uh, first, our daughter, our first kid, um, my wife and I had the conversation. Um, we were, we both had full-time jobs and it was okay. Well, we've, we tried out daycare for a little bit when she was little and we didn't like it. And it's like, okay, well, because 
I had spent the last several years stacking Bitcoin, um, we had the opportunity to say, so, okay, um, well, you're further ahead in your career. You have more opportunity with what you're doing. So my wife decided, she's a CPA, so she decided to stay in her career. And I stepped back and jumped into the uh, working freelance. And yeah, so now I'm, I'm a full-time stay-at-home dad. I run the uh, I run the local meetup for Central Pennsylvania, and uh, yeah, that's it's an interesting what? times we're living through. It's an, Bitcoin what? is an interesting, interesting lens to look at the world through. What is that like being a stay-at-home dad um, in the midst of this sort of financial crisis and being able to spend the time uh, with your with your daughter? I mean, it's. The best thing in the world to spend time with my daughter there's nothing else i would rather do um but it's I, I, it's difficult to i mean I, I don't feel guilty about like doing somewhat well for like my my age range but it's just like it's so one of the things you have to do to develop your path in life is to look look at the game board figure out the state of the game board and then you can make moves and I feel like I just happened to figure out the state of the game board slightly ahead of a bit of other people. And so I started <laughs> at the point I had the conviction to make moves. I made moves heavily in one direction and I'm, I mean, it's like I'm downstream enough of that now that yeah, as the world is burning and is turning over into what comes next, it's like, I am able to like, my family is able to, go down to effectively i mean i'm pulling in some money on the side through my through my business but i mean effectively we're like a single income family at this point and not a lot of people can do that right now but because mm -hmm. of bitcoin we're able to do that so this is how i see it it's like bitcoin gave you time with your daughter and your family bitcoin like oh, gave you that absolutely 100 percent. i mean that's pretty that's a pretty fucking valuable thing I would have Bitcoin, to say. I mean, like the whole concept of Bitcoin is time. Absolutely. Like Bitcoin is. So, I mean, how do I describe myself? I'm a toxic Bitcoin maximalist. Hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Bitcoin gives us the availability finally to store our time in an incorruptible me uh, uh, method, in an incorruptible medium. And oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Finish. I just uh, people that take advantage of it are going to it's kind of similar with the uh, current like AI stuff going with chat GPT. It's like AI isn't going to replace um, people. Bitcoin isn't going to replace like the current like the current paradigm. It's people that use AI are going to replace the people that don't use AI. People that use Bitcoin are going to replace the people that don't use Bitcoin. <laughs> it's I mean, these are tools that humans use to leverage position in the world and i mean people that use the better tools more effectively are going to mm -hmm. win you know in the film business i suppose it's like the people who embrace video uh will win out over the people that stick with film in some way you just can sort of see that that's how i'd see in that term okay it's just I can see it, that. basically like the new technology wins like if you're going to use the new you will win out if you use the next sure. new technology and like film, film won't go away. There's always going to be a market for people like film buffs and people that like sure. using uh, like 30 millimeter film. I mean, for sure, for sure. You can liken it to the relationship between the, the film and the um, photograph, basically, or the photograph to the painting or the painting to the sketch or whatever. You know, you could sort of backtrack. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with it. Uh, but the, I was going to ask you, were you always a toxic maxi? 
I was not. I uh, so I I discovered Bitcoin in so in 2011, I think it was that Chuck Schumer ran across the Ross Ulrich Silk Road and came out all uh, angry about. It. I was like, there's people buying drugs on the internet using internet money. Yes. And I was at at the time I was um, doing intelligence work with the U.S. Air Force. I was enlisted. Mm. I was I was an enlisted man from 2006 to 2012, and so I that was my first time I Bitcoin ever came across my radar. Was I was sit, sitting in a skiff, to, doing work on JWix and uh, listening to podcasts. At the time, I was listening like this was early Joe Rogan. I had just like I just started listening to Rogan, somewhat frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I like, feel like I'm I, listening to Dan's back background. Oh, really? So yeah. you guys have very similar backgrounds. Yeah. I, I know he's a prior military. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think he's prior intelligence. Is he? I, okay, I, I didn't know that. Actually, no, maybe he's more. I, he might. No, he probably would totally be like, "No, nah, bro, you, you're." <laughs> that's not what I was. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was technically. In, I did signals intelligence. I, I mean, I was the worst airman. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't call myself <laughs> part of intelligence. <clears throat> uh, did did a lot of what you dealt with in the Air Force deal with tech like intelligence but you know oh, yeah. intelligence is a, is a far it's a it's a big squadron right or a big concept i can't yeah i mean so i was i was with the 453rd electronic warfare squadron out of lackland air force base a lot like, I mean, a lot of lackland huh? yeah yeah okay. it's like join join the uh join the air force see texas um i, I got i got uh, i never deployed but yeah i got sent i got sent on a couple of like temporary duty stuff here and there that, that were interesting um, but yeah, so I was doing signals intelligence, looking at radar signals. So, I mean, every, everything on the planet that puts out an EM signal, I mean, within re- with any kind of strength behind it is going to get pulsed out into space. So the government was like, okay, well, we're, we're just going to park a bunch of satellites up in geostationary orbit and just suck up all the EM frequencies that get come up from the planet. So, so they just collect everything. And <laughs> at, at the time, back in this was 2008, 2009, was when I was like getting trained up on this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, we, okay, well, specifically, we're looking at the radio frequencies associated with radar systems. So, I mean, as our, like, as the op force is turning on their radar systems, there's that that's pulsed out into space and you collect it. And there's a lot of specific details that you can collect that tell about their radar, like the, the pulse length, the pulse duration, um, the frequencies mm. they're using, like all of these little specifics, you can build a map for that. So next time it gets turned on, you can say specifically, oh, hey, this is it's effectively a MAC address. Like it's a, a specific device identifier. Whenever you like, whenever you see that device again, you're like, hey, we saw this at this point because it has these exact characteristics that are <laughs> measurable. Um, so I, I was doing that and included in, in that is understanding encryption. So I was trained in asymmetric encryption. And it's like, th- there's all these little things in of my- Of course you know about that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, so like, I mean, I was well-placed to like, when I saw Bitcoin, I understood the validity of it because of some of the training I'd been, I'd been given. Did you understand I mean, the, the money of it? Um, not right away. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I understood that it was money because it's like people are using it to buy drugs on the internet. So obviously it's money. It's, it's people are using it as a method of exchange, but I, I wasn't orange pilled for a long time. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I heard about it in 2011. Then, I mean, I separated in 2012 and got out and was like, okay, well, 
I still don't know what the hell I'm doing in my life. I was still like an like an egomaniac, little snot-nosed kid who thought he knew everything. And I was like, as soon as like I stopped work, as soon as the Air Force stopped making me work out, I started gaining weight. I was I was just yeah, I was it was the worst part, one of the worst parts of my life. Um, but it's like, all right, I still don't know what to do with my life, but I've got this GI Bill. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. to college, and then that'll give me an, like a four-year runway to figure out what the hell I'm doing with mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. So I went to college, and. Uh, while I was in college, I was like, okay, well, I've been listening to Rogan for the past couple of years. Like I, I had always planned when I have the availability, like I've got to try weed. Um, like, since I've been a little kid, I've always been fascinated with um, like cognition and intelligence. Like I would do, th- I would like hold my breath to see spots and things. And like, I was just fascinated with the ability to modify how my brain was operating. So like I, like coffee, I mean, food, everything, everything's a drug. Um, and so Stimulation. That was, yeah, it's the really, everything's really like everything you put into your body has a relations with, with your body's biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And like, as a very little kid, I was fascinated with that. And then I slowly kind of, as the world got into me, I just lost my curiosity for like, and my passions in the world for a long time. Um, but like, so, so Finally, I was in a position. So all, as I was going through the, all the dare training in the, in the elementary school in the nineties, um, mm-hmm. I was like, I was, I was kind of like the, the Duncan Trussell model. It was like, you can fix somebody took LSD and they saw dragons. <laughs> you can see dragons. It's like, it's like, okay, well, fuck that guy. It's like, I'll figure that. I'll figure it out. It's like, um, it's like, yeah, I always knew that given the opportunity, I was going to go down this road the specific rabbit hole. So I was finally in a position where I could go down that rabbit hole. I was in a college town. And so I like, I went, I developed a source where I could buy weed from, went over to the dorms and was buying the shittiest weed from this college kid. And the experience of being somewhat of an adult, like a veteran going to a college dorm to buy weed from some little college kid (laughs) rapidly got old. Um, And so like okay okay what do i know about the space i know because of chuck schumer that okay apparently you can buy drugs on the internet <laughs> so it's like all right i'm gonna thank you chuck schumer thank you chuck schumer right i mean yeah he's whatever he's, well, he's, he's the one he owns you basically huh? he's putting out i mean right he he's a big contributor to it that's for sure mm-hmm. i would say more russ ulrich orange pilled me than right chuck of course schumer. of course yeah. chuck schumer is down is downstream of of better and stronger men <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, it's like, all right, I'm going to figure this shit out because this is possible. So uh, at the time, the place to be was Reddit for that. I mean, Reddit, what, I'm sure Reddit was being moderated, quote unquote, at the time, but it wasn't like, it. I, I haven't used Reddit for years at this point, but it was bad. It was bad to the point that I stopped using it. It felt like it felt like it was trying to propagandize me, which is why I eventually stopped using it years back. But at the time, I mean, it was the place for information. So, I mean, the dark, not the DNM market or R slash DNM or whatever it was at the time. It's like, all right, I, I learned how to do it safely to what I considered safely. And I, I, I tried a couple things and I mean, that was the way to go. And so that, that's like, that forced me to, okay, I've got to go buy Bitcoin now to do this. I need Bitcoin. And at the time there were no smartphone app, smartphone apps that I could use. It was local Bitcoins was the thing. So I had to go, I mean, I had to effectively go do an old school drug deal. I went to a Starbucks to meet a guy to give him cash. So he mm-hmm. gave me Bitcoin. And then I had Bitcoin. How did you exchange? You are, what kind of wallet sort of exchange was that? Um, I think from pretty early on, I understood the importance of 
controlling keys. So I, I've been using mm -hmm. like at the time it was probably Electrum. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was. So I know very little about wallets. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm... Okay. No, that's all right. it was this, so Electrum's a light client, so it doesn't have a full copy of the blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so you're trusting somebody out there that whatever whatever full node you're connecting to, you're trusting them with your uh, with your public keys because you have to mm. make queries. Um, but so it, so it was like local bitcoins was custodial. So you do the exchange, meet up some with somebody, they would click a thing on there, and it would release the funds to your local bitcoins account, and then you could transfer it out to your wallet. And then I went through various processes to consider the uh, to get to the point where I considered the coins uh effectively separated from my from my my uh oh yeah like from the history at the time it was like um there's there's new tools now but i'm, I'm trying to figure out how to be vague about it from where the tools were back then but yeah <laughs> effectively so yeah i had to buy bitcoin to get to get weed and so like yeah that's what i had to do so the weed was the thing that i was looking for but in the end it was the bitcoin that was really the important thing well, I well, mean, that's, I, I say we that, all find our way into it. Yeah, you know, I, my my drug of choice was, you know, I need to make more money. Sure, right. So that was like why I was shitcoining for forever, and then I understood for a second, hey, what am I doing here? What is? Yeah. What am I missing? Well, at the time, I was still a shitcoiner, so it's like the thing that. So as I was buying Bitcoin for for utility. Mm -hmm. um, the guys I was playing uh, games with online, it's like I was I was using my GPU to mine Dogecoin. And it's like, <laughs> like, man, I've deleted wallets with more Dogecoin than like people today. But yeah, it's like, whatever. But it's like, yeah. So you're like, what is this Dogecoin? <laughs> I didn't. Well, I didn't understand what I was. I mean, like I didn't like I didn't understand what I was getting at. Like I, I understood that Bitcoin was significant, but I didn't understand how significant in relation to these other things that I I thought the time were also significant um well they were i guess novel they were they were fun they were interesting and fun to deal with because i didn't know what i was messing with um but yeah so i mean like the 2017 right around 2017 was whenever i was like all right i had to grow like this is real people are telling me that this isn't real finance but like this is i can either i can either put up or shut up so like i had a certain amount of money that i'd saved from my air force career that was like my quote unquote retirement, but it wasn't a lot of money, but it was the most money I had mm -hmm. like anywhere in any account. And it was mm -hmm. like, all right, so I have the personal conviction that this technology, like I, it, it still, it wasn't, I wish it had been just Bitcoin at the time, but it wasn't like this technology is going to win over the technologies competing with fiat currency. So, and yeah, early 2017, I took the hit, liquidated my retirement and put it all into a, a various basket of uh, different different cryptocurrencies um to, to as like as i said yeah to, to diversify my risk you know out of the the best assets that's ever <laughs> like in, imagine um but yeah so slow so 2017 the 20, end of 2017 came went like the 20k pump um so i was working at deloitte at the time then doing cybersecurity work uh and it's like i was the guy in the office that just was insufferable and wouldn't shut up i was going to clients like out in other states and like <laughs> talking to clients about coins and it's like oh it's so cringy to think about at this point <laughs> but it's like what I, like uh but uh, sorry it was a learning experience like i am the person i am today because of the mistakes i made in the past well, of course. um but yeah so then yeah so then 2017 that bubble burst and we went by back down to 3k or so, whatever it was and 
during the, I mean, bear markets are where all the signal is. And that bear market is where I got onto like into Bitcoin Twitter. I started listening to um, some Bitcoin maximalist content like Tales from the Crypts. And I, I realized, oh, there's other people out there. And as I listened to them more, it rapidly became apparent, like not only like, okay, these people are out there and they're the smartest people in the room on every subject. And so it's just as like Bitcoin is a self-reinforcing thing. Like the more you look at it, the more you can't look at it. It's like Bitcoin is, I mean, it's, it's here to save us. You know, you know, what makes me think of is like what I experienced on, on Twitter when I was a, a shitcoin is you, when you're a shitcoiner, you don't know who the other shitcoiner is that you're speaking with yeah, or that you're talking to. When you're a Bitcoiner, you, I, there's a level of you that knows the other person because of the, right. because of the understanding of the monetary policy or whatever philosophy you may attach yourself with. But we all sort of understand the rules. And Absolutely. In, in gradations, I guess. It's a commonality. I mean, it, yeah. It brings people together in a way. It, I, I agree 100% with that. Whenever I was in shitcoiners, you never knew who you were dealing with. And it was like, <laughs> it was an incredibly noisy environment. But like, you, I was acclimatized to the noise, so I didn't realize how noisy it was. Like we could be different levels of Bitcoiners, but we still right. understand. We sort of understand each other a lot. I, I think a lot. Absolutely. No. Um, I had a a couple questions here. In addition, unless you had a tangent. Before I, mean, I, I could. On. No, let's. I mean, I I could bring this in uh, into the psychedelic realm if you want. But now let's go through your questions first. Did you want? Hey, that's. A, I didn't ask you a question like this. Did you? want to speak about something tonight because the floor is yours of course you know what i mean i mean i have i have a few things that i'm working on personally with my company that are fun research projects that are bitcoin related but i like not i have no agenda I, i'm just i'm just a pleb i'm just um, making my way in the world <laughs> what is that about the so you're dealing with something that is uh exciting for you or new in in their at, at your business um, so, I mean, my business is tech support, but I mean, on the side, like my, my quote unquote research projects that I'm doing on the side, um, finding way, I mean, I mine, I've been mining Bitcoin and like messing around with miners for quite a while. And I mean, this winter is the first year that I've almost completely heated my house with Bitcoin miners. I've got two M50s running the basement and I've used almost no fuel oil this winter so far. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's really, really dope to, it's, that's a massive upgrade over what we've been doing before. Um, no, I actually, you I, have to teach people how to do this. You have to. Oh, teach I do. I mean, that's that, I, you gotta meetup, teach me how to do this. Okay, cool. Re- the most recent meetup, I I, uh, I handed out two S nines. Um, yeah, but, yeah doing a... similar things. Like, there's there's a lot of people in the area. I mean, I live in a fairly rural area, and I mean, there's quite a few people here that are quite interested in offsetting heat in their house with a Bitcoin miner. It's like f- for a bear market. Inter- I mean, I the, the attendance at my Bitcoin meetup shows like interest is at an all-time high even if the mm-hmm. usd exchange rate is at a low so you're finding more and more people that are heating their homes with bitcoin yeah i mean the whole game in bitcoin mining now i mean if you're not like as a pleb miner at least is finding ways to weaponize the heat um like nobody unless i mean unless you have extremely cheap power and extremely modern hardware nobody's profitable right now so the game is figuring out what the hell to do with the waste heat 
Like Rick at, Rick at Crypto Cloaks with his little uh, S9 space heater is one of the coolest, coolest little things I've seen somebody put together. Like I'm really looking for, I'm going to put one of those together and I think I'm going to start offering that. Like I'll build this for you as a, as a service through my company. Um, but I mean, there's, so like th there, that's an example. There's people that are uh, like, oh, yeah. I, I uh, would buy one of those. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, dude. That's it's <laughs> such a neat idea. But like, right. If you're running a space heater that's pulling like a thousand watts, why not use an mm -hmm. S9? And right I now, run there's two a lot of 1500 watt speed space heaters. Yeah, in my, I run two. Dude, I mean, like, if you have a reason, if, if like, S9s are semi plentiful right now and they're going to be gone soon, like, they'll just be gone and they will not re enter that, like, very few of them will re enter the market. I think that the S9 is going to go down in history, like, as this iconic, um, iconic device, kind of like, eventually it'll be like having an original, like, edition iPhone. I mean, it's like you may not oh, be having wow. it plugged in. But I mean, the S9 just for its, just, I mean, just think about the, uh, the, the fan grill in the front, like just showing that people know what that is. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the, S, the S9 is iconic. It, it is, it's become iconic in our, in our age, in our time. And well, people right now are thinking of it as it's still like, it's a hundred dollars a unit. Like, dude, if you want one, get one. Cause they're mm -hmm. going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Wait, uh, an S9 is a hundred dollars right now? The, the last time I bought them, they were, which was a couple months back. Yeah, Kaboom really? Racks had them listed. Uh, it was like 125 for one, or if you bought three at once, it was $100 a unit. So yeah, I, I got I got a couple of them, a couple of the three packs. And yeah, I've been going through them fairly quickly here in Pennsylvania. Can you, so this is, we're talking about the S9, this, the the miner here, right? The mining yep. unit thing? Yep, so you're, S9, Ant Miner. It's you stick this thing in your house. It's got this big old vent looking thing coming out. It's it's, it's ass. It's like, do you really want to put that in your in living? That's what I got a question. Well, I mean, so I have uh, like a year and a half year old daughter and like, no, I don't because like she can stick her fingers in places and into fan blades and stuff, which is I mean, what Rick is doing with at, with his uh, printed enclosure. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's for that use case right there. You can put this somewhere and it doesn't look like this this piece of hardware, computer hardware. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like if, if you're clever, if you, I mean, if you own the house, if you're not renting, if you can make modifications to the structure, I mean, mm -hmm. just by being a little bit clever with it, you can, you can underclock an S9 down, like an S9 stock pulls 1600 watts and you can underclock it down to a thousand and it's pretty quiet then. And, this, and then if you replace the fans, like replace the, the uh, power supply fan with something aftermarket, it's even quieter. I mean, it's like, on a, it's about as as noisy as it is to run a space heater so it's, it's pretty quiet you could have it in your i could have one running you would hear it, it like on the audio next to me but i mean it, you could very easily hear the conversation it's not loud uh, but yeah i mean it's just when you say clock it i'm already sort of like uh, to to be able to clock something i sort of understand what that means theoretically but i would okay. i don't think i would ever know how to get to that point where i'm like tinkering with something to like <laughs> clock clock it well, I mean, it's the, the, the beauty of the Brains OS hardware is it does all the heavy lifting and you just have to type in a number. So it's, it's really, really easy. It's not difficult at all. Uh, the way I, it's like a, a way to wrap your mind around clocking, like, mm -hmm. like the, the, the refresh rate of a computer CPU um, is kind of, I mean, if, if you're familiar with weed, I mean, weed turns up the cycle rate of your brain, the sample okay. rate. It's like, wait, wait, wait. At, repeat that. What did you just say? Okay, so my so let me put the big asterisk. This is my interaction with weed. My understanding, your your personal interactions may vary. Yeah, whatever. 
Um, okay, so when it, when you smoke weed, it turns up the sample rate on your senses and on your brain. Your process, your brain may not be processing it as as quickly or as as similarly as it used to. But I mean, like the reason why you smoke weed and all of a sudden, like you're you're riding in the car and all of a sudden the car seems like it's going a thousand miles an hour and you're like, man, slow down. You're going way too fast. You're driving recklessly. Is because your brain is sampling at a higher rate. You're you're getting more information than you were. So yeah, that like alcohol lowers your brain's refresh rate. Mm. Oh, interesting. I have never thought about it like this. So yeah, that so certainly makes like a, a direct uh, connection between a human and a computer right there for sure. Yeah, so like I think of my brain as a CPU. It's not a hard okay. drive. My, my brain doesn't remember information very well. It's, in fact, it's ter- as I've started to outsource like my remembering to mm-hmm. digital sources, like that's made starkly and startlingly mm-hmm. obvious just how bad my memory actually is. Um, but your brain is not a hard drive. Your brain is a CPU. It's to process information. Um, and it, like, if you're, if you're not a smart, if you're not smart with it, you might take like your brain will do it in the background. Um, and like, you may listen, like, it's like listening to the radio and then thinking you are the radio, what your brain is doing, what your, uh, like the uh, thoughts that's going running through your head. Like, that's not you. That's what your brain is injecting into your consciousness. Like you're, um, is there a separation between these two things? Our, what, our consciousness and our brain? Yeah. yeah oh, uh, let me try to backtrack. So the, the, oh man, this connection you made with like having a, it's almost like the question of fate and choice, right? Mm, it's like, okay. our, in, in a way, I would say. Because right. you're, uh, do you do you see the connections? <laughs> I hope you do. Because yeah, need yeah, to try to I've, elaborate on. That. Absolutely, yeah. The a, a deterministic model versus uh, chaos, right? Which was something we recently spoke about. Um, I enjoyed that, P- that episode. I, I listened to that episode, by the way. That was actually that was that was an interesting episode because I I didn't fully hop on to the deterministic fact because I always feel like there has to be some sort of spark the, the a big bang something mm-hmm. if you know there always has to be a decider and the decision has been cast upon you so fate can't exist without choice I don't think uh, it might be kind of wishy-washy of me but I kind of come down as a hybrid between the two like I feel like I mean fate can still um like like god's path can still happen to all all of us and i mean it is going to happen to all of us like what god has in store for each of us is still going to happen but like what Mm -hmm. we can do it's kind of like um a person walking a dog on a leash it's like the person is walking on a line that's fate it's like and your free will is you on the the dog running to the extent of your leash in each direction trying to like you're not going to escape your will but you can make small decisions here and there oh well well i like that uh analogy um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a perfect analogy, obviously, but yeah, that's, that's where, that's kind of how I try to describe my stance on fate versus, versus chaos. You know, you know, what it reminds me of is your Twitter hint, business cat, business cat. Can you think about a more duality of a name? I don't know. Talk about, <laughs> that, talk about this name. That's excellent. That's, that, I haven't had that reflection on that name before. A business cat was uh, came about because I had been using my twi- like Twitter under my own name 
And as Bitcoin was changing, like, I mean, I, I, Bitcoin changed a very much about me, like core things about me, like opinions and stuff. Like at one point I was a, so I was like a Bernie bro socialist back in college and Bitcoin has completely, like I, I am, I'm now an anarchist. I'm, a, I'm an anarcho-capitalist anarchist. Um, absolutely. Like, I mean, the government's going to give me money, but like at the time, like I felt entitled to it. And now like, I'm going to scoff at them when they give me money as they give me money. Like I turn it to sats, but like whenever Donald Trump sent us $1,200, I turned that to sats the day I, I got it. It was like, like if you're dumb enough to give me this, yeah, you're burning the country to down. Anyway. Yeah. It's going straight to Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Everything comes back to Bitcoin. Well, they, they gave us, uh, supposedly, they gave us our time back. That's what I guess. So you might as well put it, put a bit into Bitcoin. Yeah, they, they put uh, X value in debt and then gave you Y, y value in uh, $1,200. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, good. <laughs> That's, can you imagine that this is where the dollar has come? Is that $1,200 feels like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, think it like every house is a million dollar house. Every cup of coffee exactly. is a million dollar cup of coffee. I mean, it's like there's like th price things in Venezuelan boulevards. It's like every cup of coffee is a million dollar, a million boulevard coffee. Like we're just not there yet. People, people think that somehow tomorrow is just going to, it's going to continue being like today. I mean, it's if you look at I think now, like if you look at the Bitcoin chart, like zoomed out all the way, like the furthest way, I think we're now starting to see the beginning of the S curve, like real solidly, which is kind of startling whenever you like, OK, so this is the beginning of the S curve. Like it, I mean, it's the thing that it's when a currency dies, like a hyperinflation event happens, that kind of thing. But it's startling to think of even having me like I, I generally think in sats now like my internal model is, is bitcoin my unit of account is bitcoin um so like i think whenever i spend dollars i think this is x amount of sats that it could have been um I, actually a good a good model uh, i i ran into recently is like every time you spend dollars you have to like stack twice that amount in sats it's like a discretionary money anytime anytime i'm spending money in my discretionary category on, on our family budget that like i have to stack twice as many sats as that is that discretion anyway um it's a cool rule I mean, it's, it's like if you if you're capable of it like it's it's a way of enforcing discipline on yourself um but yeah it's like right now people are still thinking in dollars and that's changing it's changing like as as email outpaced the the post office um slowly people started think like just naturally people started thinking in email like oh i'm gonna email so and so mm -hmm. this thing instead of sending him an e like, and nobody had to go around and force that top down and be like, Oh, Hey, you should be using email instead of the, instead of the post. Like people figured it out on their own because of the utility provided. It's like, that's what's happening right now with Bitcoin. We have a, uh, my wife's cousin, uh, he, he and his wife have a far, a small farm, the next Valley up from us. And they, they accept Bitcoin in their farm store. And like, it's like, they are reaping benefits from that because of it. I mean, it's like they, they're being put on a map. Like they're, they're now listed on Oshi. Um, and like he, he's making a regular appearance at the meetups. And like he's, I mean, sell it. He, I don't, I'm not sure if they have any discounts for Bitcoin, but I mean, like it just offering it changes the mind. It opens the conversation whenever people come into their store. Mm -hmm. So like 
so like I was working with him to come up with a pamphlet that we could put up there as like a, a one page intro to Bitcoin, which is not a super easy thing to do for people, but it's like, all right, what's, what are the basics and how, what can we boil it down to? But I mean, but just as, right now, people are transitioning to the Bitcoin standard and some people haven't seen it yet. Some people are sending emails and some people are still balancing their checkbooks, like sending, sending checks via mail, like literally... Literally, people still do that. And like, I have folks in my family that still settle, like balance checkbooks and send checks via mail. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I would have, probably have these kinds of people as well. Like I, serve on, I serve on a government body, a government advisory body. And that's, that's how we handle the treasury for our, like, our local government advisory body is sending checks. It's like, that's, it's such legacy technology, but it's mm -hmm. so ingrained. Like, Man, it's like it's, a, well, it's, a, it's like a actually it's interesting to think about because checks are a faster form of communication than the previous version of itself, which was what was that to, for cash settlement uh, on credit, basically. Or right. Um, so if you start to think about messaging technology and how fast or better you can spread your message, you mentioned email. It just made me think that about this thing we were speaking about, which was, I guess, the faster tech wins out, or the better, I'd say the better tech wins out. Like, it's sort of like a... Generally speaking, and, that's what we and, see. And the people who use the previous tech, they sort of die out. So the post office dies to the email, and then whatever iteration further on, beyond that. Right, I mean, we're always going to need package delivery, but I mean, the current... The, the the way the post office is, exists currently is kept that way because of fiat life support. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's not how a natural package delivery service would exist in the wild, in nature. Mm -hmm. That's just well what we happen to see currently because of the system we live in. What do you think will happen to the post office and the way that kind of government-funded communication service? I think intelligent... So, I mean, the world is going to bifurcate, like the, the country is going to bifurcate, like we're living through a civil war right now, right? Um, like we're, we're call, call it a national divorce, whatever you want to call it. Like, and it's like, as the, it's the same thing that happened with the collapse of this, of the Roman empire. As Rome kept sending out orders, the Roman colonies just stopped paying attention. And we're seeing that now with, with the states stopped, like they're not paying attention to the federal orders on marijuana. Um, states are like, look at what Texas is doing. Like they're throwing the middle finger to the federal government and deploying, um, military down there, like their own, the Texas guard down to the border. Um, that is like, that's like, we're seeing states stand up and take more power for themselves than we have in the past. And like, that's only going to continue. So push the clock forward a bit. I mean, we're going to have some states are going to absorb other states where I, I predict there'll be something like a Northeastern coalition where like Northeastern states merge together. Um, I don't, I don't know if California will break off and like officially like sink into the ocean or whatever the hell's going to happen <laughs> with California. Um, at least, I mean, it's like, at least you won't have the, uh, the dollar news hanging around the neck and like none of, none of the states will have the dollar news hanging around their necks anymore, but like the states that are capable of, of like that, that create, um, more, that create more than they spend are going to do well. And the states that are debtors are going to become in rapidly indebted to the providers around them. I mean, the world's going to remap itself. So asking what's going to happen to the post office, uh, I would predict that places that are smart, places that adopt Bitcoin, like Bitcoin citadels, 
will rep fairly rapidly um, repurpose post offices into pack like a local private package delivery service that you can opt into. Like come sign up to our terms of service, pay in sats, and we can, we'll deliver them. We'll deliver mail for you. Kind of like a uh, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a physical noster, like something like that. I mean, it's a, it's just a decentralized package delivery service. How do you think the government will treat that decentralized package service? Um, well, it, I don't think a decentralized package service could exist with the current government. So, I mean, we're talking about. So where does that collusion happen is, I guess, what I'm asking. I mean, Rome's going to keep sending out its orders. I mean, at <laughs> some point, it doesn't matter how much money they print. Nobody's going to want it. I mean, it's whenever people say like, oh, well, like, uh, everybody thinks they're late to Bitcoin. I thought I was late to Bitcoin when I first started buying it in 2014. I was like, oh, this is late. Um, you know, like when I started mining Bitcoin, like I didn't, I could have started mining, like I had the technical knowledge to mine Bitcoin earlier than I did, but I didn't because I thought I was late. It's like, I, uh, people are already doing this. Um, but people still think they're late, but here's how early we are. The fact that there are, there's businesses right now that's their sole existence is they turn fiat into Bitcoin. Like that's a service that exists right now in the world. Like that's how early it is. Like push the clock forward a bit. That kind of business model isn't going to sustain a business because that's all, it's going to be one directional. Mm -hmm. Like, it could a business exist that turns um, Venezuelan boulevards into Bitcoin? It's like, no, that couldn't exist. It's, it's one directional. <laughs> well said on that. It's, it's like, like could, yeah, I mean, or, yeah. or sand. Like, could, could I start a business yeah. that, hey, give us sand and I'll give you Bitcoin? Like, how quickly <laughs> no. is my business going? Like, no, that's like, so effectively, that's, I mean, businesses that all they do is exchange like a shitcoin casino like i mean yeah you're you're done you're you're having a you're having a heyday at the moment because people are dumb enough to buy what you're selling and you don't have the moral convictions not to sell it to them like i mean it's like selling selling heroin to children is what coinbase is in my in my mind like yeah you can do it legally but okay <laughs> what are you doing to your soul like <laughs> you are yeah it's evil it's satanic <laughs> But I mean, at the time, like there, there was a time when I was dumb enough that I like I bought what they were selling because I was an idiot. I mean, it's like, hey, that's a free market. Did you just say selling Coinbase to children? Coin, Coinbase selling shit coins to people that don't know better is like selling heroin to children. Like selling heroin to children. Okay, that's I mean, what the connection. You, I was these, trying are to... these are innocent people. But... It's like, this is somebody's child. Innocent right, people right. in the world that don't know any better. And you're selling them Cardano. <laughs> It just yeah, makes yeah, you think you're selling like shit coins to, to children. <laughs> I mean, right. That's, that's similar. Yeah, man. It's like, uh, imagine. So yeah, if, if Coinbase could do that, they would. They'd like, your first wallet, my first five-year-old's wallet. <laughs> teach, teach your kids how to send coins. Like, and they'll, they'll like make up the, like, right. Like, they sell all those little, uh, they don't sell, but if you take their little training courses, they'll give you free shit coins. Like they'll do that for kids just to try to worm these terrible ideas. Like what, what these groomers are doing with like these trend like the show is for kids right now it's like that's like selling shit coins to kids it's unethical <laughs> you're you're giving bad information you're feeding malware into a vulnerable <laughs> operating system wow wow that yeah, yeah i could see how you can think you think about the world sort of uh when you because you were saying you, your, your brain sort of feels like it's this computer right yeah absolutely i, I, I mean, see it's where like, your your train of thought my body is wetware. It's a, yeah. 
weird organic computing hardware that I've, that I've somehow tethered myself to. Um, God, I want to ask you so many other questions and comments. How's your time? I'm, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. Um, because while I have you on your business cat, Mr. I've, I already, you know, it's, you know me. I mean, I already forgot, uh, if I asked you what your, if I should reveal your real name or not, even though it says it right on the screen. Yeah. So, so I'm Luke. Nice to meet y'all. I'm Luke. <laughs> and I think you answered this question, but. We talked uh, about it offline before the show. Oh, uh, okay. But that's, I mean, hey, that's one of the things with turning up the sample rate with weed. Like when you turn up the sample rate, you start losing data here and there that's irrelevant. <laughs> it's like weed doesn't make, weed doesn't make you forgetful. It makes you realize that a lot of the shit that your brain is trying to remember isn't worth remembering. <laughs> Like, like, that'd be saying like weed's not for everyone like weed just happens to be like one of the most useful tools that i've come across in my time mm -hmm. in this dimension but like it's not like people can ruin their lives with weed like people ruin their lives with hamburgers it's like you can hit your, <laughs> like Ro rogan says you can you can build a house with a hammer and you can hit yourself in the dick with a hammer it's like, like weed's incredibly useful but i mean yeah you can also hit yourself in the dick with it yeah <laughs> But I mean, that being said, like one of the hacks I found out whenever I started smoking weed was, okay, if I start using to do so like to do tracking software, like my life gets like, I don't have to remember this crap anymore. Like I'm forgetting to pay my phone bill because I smoked weed. Okay. Make a, make a reminder on some like to do tracking software. And now uh, that will never happen again. And I don't have to wait. Like it's, it's just a, yeah. Like it, people think that people blame weed for things that is just your own incompetence. Mm -hmm. uh, basically learn how to automate that and you'll yeah right you'll it's the, it. figure out how to use the tools available and you'll outcompete yeah. the people that don't how do you know how to use those tools <laughs> what um i usually ask this question but I, I always like to ask this question because it um it, it always brings in conversations about it okay which is what what aspect of bitcoin uh do you find yourself thinking about the most or how how did uh may, maybe like the underlying how did you get into it or okay yeah. currently like what, so what, i mean what aspect of it? the rabbit hole is deep with many branches the, the branches there's two branches that i'm currently way down the first we already touched on briefly is weaponizing waste heat um i can go further <laughs> down into that like i've got i have two specific ideas with weaponizing waste heat that i've been working on that is like i mean i'm not it's like somebody's going to figure this stuff out eventually um, but it's like, it's, it's weird that like easy, low hanging fruit things are available right now. It feels, um, uh, but okay. So that's one, one rabbit hole I can go down is weaponizing waste heat. Another rabbit hole that I'm way far down at this point is uh, Bitcoin astronomy. Like how are we going to scale Bitcoin as we move out into the solar system? That's some of the most interesting things that I like interesting aspects of it that I've considered. And, uh, like, I guess because I've always been super interested in space. One of my passions in life is like, I follow like space flight really closely. And I, I, I watch a lot of launches live. That's kind of like my, my sports, my football. Like I watch rocket launches live. Um, but it's like figure. So using like weaponizing that knowledge of like my thousands and thousands of hours playing Kerbal space program, like incorporating Bitcoin into that is, has been a fascinating thing to uh wrap my mind around and i'm like it's i'm just scratching the surface like people are going to be figuring this out as we're scaling the technology to mars so it's like you're saying this bitcoin astronomy that's what the term you used right 
that's that's yeah i think that's the term for it that's the that's how i classify it in my in my mind bitcoin astronomy is talking about scaling bitcoin to stellar and interstellar scales sort of like what what we all uh, thought elon musk was gonna do or something like this right if he has figured out bitcoin he is like a master um actor <laughs> but i think it's more likely that, yeah i think he hasn't figured it out i think he has mm-hmm. so many other things on his plate that it's just a low priority like i can see like i i was distracted by dogecoin for a while like i, I can see why a funny copy paste of bitcoin would be attractive to somebody who hasn't done the work to realize the differences between the two um but it's like it's like elon i mean it's like wrapping my mind around how just smart and not smart elon is is one of them it's like kill kind of kill your heroes don't put anybody on a pedestal um but it's like elon is very clearly like savant level genius with um uh, engineering and mechanical engineering and and i I can't say for his coding skills but like the man's a genius but Mm -hmm. bitcoin is just one aspect that he hasn't done the work on yet he will he'll figure it out hmm what else did i want to talk to you about here i'm reaching for uh i always write down notes whenever i do this stuff that's smart notes are smart but they, the, what ends up happening is that you get all these like phrases <laughs> that you right, then, sort of remember <laughs> what the fuck you're talking about. You what, one of the them, index, I, but yeah. One of them I really wanted to ask you about was you made me think earlier when you were talking about Reddit uh, and that you were always on Reddit, right? Am I, I was, yeah. I, I always felt like Reddit was, I couldn't touch Reddit. It was like too dirty. Like the information was coming at me it wasn't aesthetically pleased it doesn't feel it just feels Reddit like- had a, uh, a kind of adoption curve that, to wrap your brain around it like once you got past that re- like learning curve of yeah i i i, I call it a learning of ux curve, basically I mean, or- yeah a, a ux curve an adoption yeah. curve of the user interface yeah. um yeah it was rough like i mean like getting other people my my girlfriend my now wife at the time but girlfriend at the time like i mean she saw me on reddit like all day every day and just seeing me use it constantly event got her to eventually use it to the point where she was using it every oh, wow. day for a long time and it was just like she saw i mean the signal like she trusted that i saw some signal in it so that was enough indicator mm-hmm. that okay this is something to check out and that got her over the hump of using it but yeah everybody that uses reddit has that comment i was like man it's difficult to get over that user interface hump but i mean I think it's one of the best ways to sort data or to sort crowdsourced information. Reddit's a fascinating company and they have fascinating like ideas and like the, the space thing they did. Like they have a lot of interesting concepts they throw around, but it's like, I just can't go near it currently because I don't trust it. It's like, it, mm-hmm. it feels like they're fully, fully captured by what Elon is trying to break Twitter away from. So, that started me thinking about the hygienics of data mm-hmm. and the data you receive and how it feels coming to you. Basically, that whole experience of interacting with the data. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it just made me think about these um, levels of, if I were to compare it to, let's say, uh, a bathroom, let's say a bathroom. So, the way that you receive data and information, visual information in Reddit, always made me feel more like I'm in a dirty bathroom 
in Target okay. as opposed to, you know, a high-end bathroom in some uh, ritzy restaurant or something. Right. Else. And I, I said, uh, if, if I touched like Twitter's, Twitter doesn't feel like Twitter probably feels like in in between of one of those, but you see where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I mean, so I, I absolutely see that. I think the so, that, so that's that's a presentation thing. So that's like saying that. Well, a similar way to be like, well, once you learn how to use the straw, like then you can mm. use the straw. Um, you once you learn how to use the interface, you wrap your brain around. Not, not it's, it makes it the way I'm phrasing it keeps making it sound like you you failed some task or something, which I I, I don't want to make. Um, no, no, no. But it's it's like basically it's you have just, to learn the tool. You have to yeah. learn the tool if you're willing to interact. Right. right. It's kind of like learning Photoshop. There's a lot you can do with Photoshop, and like Reddit was like it's a super efficient way of delivering a lot of data at once. Um, when once you know where to look for things, I mean, yeah, it's it's your it's just second nature. Um, it works yeah, no, when I, things get upvoted, right? So the most yeah. top thing has been. Suppose I mean, right, it would it, that would is the way the pure algorithm should work if it didn't mm -hmm. have like fingers on the scale here and there. Sure. Right. And uh, but I mean, it's, like similar, you talked about the the UI of Twitter, man, like. Yeah, I I used to use Tweetbot. Just recently, the one they turned off API. Twitter turned off API access for Tweetbot, and uh, I, I don't know if Tweetbot's alone in that. But it's like, man, my Twitter usage has gone way down. I used to use Twitter a lot through Tweetbot, and it's using the actual Twitter app now. It's it's I'm not a fan. It's like, Tw it's like Tweetbot man. was the it was the service that sort of allowed you to schedule tweets and do a bunch of uh, sort of options on tweets and and, and plan your tweeting i'm, I'm right? sure that was a that was a thing you could do but what it did really well that i appreciated was just a nice clean chronological ordering of every tweet without skipping uh, anything mm -hmm. and because like i not not all the time but like i will pretty much go through every tweet on my timeline eventually given enough given enough time eventually i'm going to scroll through it all um and like i can't do that with the Twitter app the way it is now. It's mm -hmm. like there it just keeps like the, the see more button keeps showing up. Yeah, it's just, it's not Twitter. Twitter needs work. And I would love to have Tweetbot back, but whatever. It is what it is. I, I man, if using Twitter less is probably healthy. I'm sure that's not the goal that Elon has in mind with what it, with turning off API access, but. Well, it allows more time with your daughter. It's true. It's the best time. Um, business cat, Mr. Luke, can you tell us a little bit about what you want to tell us about and where to find you? Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I, I have no agenda. If you, if you want to come hang out, uh, I run the, uh, central Pennsylvania meetup group. So, yeah, I mean, you can find us on meetup central PA Bitcoiners. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm underscore business underscore cat. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, this, this has been fun. Thanks for having me on. I, I, I'm not pushing you off yet, just yet. I, I wanted to ask you, did you have any sort of final thoughts or things you wanted to speak about? Because gosh, I wrote down so much here and I could continue to speak with you and I want to speak with you again. So uh, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't we, know can we can, it's, it's getting almost to a 1 a.m. here. So exactly. but, I mean, 
I am a stay-at-home dad. It's just I get up at 5 a.m. every day, no matter what. So it's good. it's going to be rough tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, heck yeah. Oh, we'll God bless you, man. God bless you. <laughs> it's one of those. It's a thing that I picked up from the Air Force. It's like it's getting up consistently pays off in, in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, but I guess what what do I have? The message I want to get out there is like, I mean, people that are listening to this are Bitcoiners. It's like, hey, go find somebody, get married, have kids. It's like, it's like it's the best thing ever. It's like I, I for a long time I thought I, I was was like, oh, yeah, I'm 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 I was in my 30s. I was like, ah, I don't need kids. And it's like, man, was I wrong? It's like my daughter is like a is like a puzzle piece that I was missing that I didn't realize. It's like, I mean. Like we're gonna have to have a conversation. I don't know if you have experience with psychedelics, but we'll have to have a conversation about psychedelics at some point. Um, it's like having my daughter was like filling in a puzzle piece similar to like I I, I call my uh, psychedelic one one of my psychedelic experiences was like waking up from sleeping that that level of uh, that level of consciousness change, mm-hmm. and it's like the same thing with my daughter. Like I didn't realize that I was missing a gaping hole in my heart until I had kids. I was like, man, and guess what? Bitcoin offers us like the best time ever to have kids. Like we're living in a Renaissance right now. During the last Renaissance, there was like, um, state the guys that were just hanging out at home were figuring out science. They're like, oh, we're, I'm just gonna like clink these things together. Oh, I discovered that like the, the how to measure light. It's like it's like there's all this low hanging. There is low hanging fruit like there was then. Like right now, like. Like weaponizing waste heat. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. You want to talk a little bit longer? We'll, we'll talk about I do. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you want to talk about low-hanging fruit. There are, given a predictable temperature differential, um, that unlocks effectively the entire world, the entire universe of engineering opportunities. So all you need is all you need is a temperature differential and you can effectively do almost anything. It's kind of like um, in, in orbital mechanics is like, if you can get to orbit, you're halfway to anywhere in the solar system. Like getting, getting to orbit is most of the work to getting around the solar system. So get, basically getting out of the pull of the gravity. Yeah, getting out of the gravity well. The gravity, we, we live in a deep, deep gravity well and climbing up that, that mountain out of it is a lot of work to do. Um, but it's not impossible, it just requires work. And it's kind of like Bitcoin. Like if you, if you climb up that, if you build a Bitcoin stack, you're climbing up out of this fiat gravity well. And eventually your Bitcoin is gonna be high enough that you're in orbit. You can stay in orbit. You can, like Bitcoin will be moving small and in small enough increments and your stack is high enough that you can peel off a little bit when you need it. But I mean, if you decrease... Like retirement is not a is not a um, an age thing, right? Retirement is a financial state. So if you can figure out a way to decrease your your monthly rec- like payments, like get that low enough and get your Bitcoin stack high enough, eventually you're going to be in orbit where you can just exist in just a, a parking orbit if you want. If, hey, if you want to go higher, I mean, do things. But I mean, yes, yeah, like so so weaponizing waste heat. So nitinol, have you heard of nitinol? No, it's nitinol. Nitinol is an al- is a metallic alloy that was first synthesized in 1959. Um, it stands for it's a nickel titanium alloy. Nitinol, ni nickel ti titanium nol naval ordnance laboratory, which is where okay. it was first synthesized. Nitinol, and what makes nitinol special is it is a metal that remembers its shape. So. It, you can you can engineer this metal with a transition temperature. So and and then whenever it reaches this transition temperature, it returns to its manufactured state. So um, you can imagine a uh, a clothes hanger or just a, just a piece of wire. 
that you engine that is manufactured to a transition temperature of 50 Celsius. Um, so then you, you take this wire, you deform it, you bend it, you deform it into whatever shape you want. You drop it into a pool of water that's at least 50 Celsius. You will watch this wire slowly, re not slowly, pretty pretty rapidly, in fact, go bend straight. You, you can see videos like this on YouTube. That it's like, it's it's really common. It's just a thing that people haven't haven't heard of, I guess. Like I was had my mind blown it whenever, whenever I ran across it. And it's just, I'm continuously startled that people haven't heard of this. It's a really really interesting material that being a bitcoin miner like hey i have a lot of waste heat available it's like okay what can i do with that okay so with with nitinol you can build a solid state heat engine that turns heat energy directly into mechanical energy basically you uh you stretch a nitinol wire around two pulleys and uh, put one down in the uh, hot liquid and then just that as, as long as that liquid is in the engineered transition temperature that will cause the wire that is in the liquid to deform and pull the rest of the wire around the pulley. And it will go startlingly fast and produce like a startling, like you're imagining something that is like, it, it feels like free energy, but it's not. It's, this is not free energy. This is just reusing existing energy. Um, but it's, so, okay. So you can make mechanical energy pretty simply if you drop drop an S9 into, a, into an immersion tank, get some hot oil and build a nitinol in you can turn this hot oil directly into mechanical energy and uh, do okay do what okay well whatever you want to whatever you need mechanical energy for um so i like a real simple project that i'm gonna that i'm gonna build i'm in the process of working on this but like it's gonna show up on my twitter feed eventually is i'm gonna build a little nitinol engine that runs off of the heat of a bitcoin miner and it just runs a little led light so it's just it's spinning running a little d a little uh, dc generator and it runs an led light just as a little proof of concept like that's so easy that's nothing like, but it's just because I'm aware of this thing that's nitinol that that's, you can that's not nothing. That's you have to have quite the. I think you I mean, need to quite, quite the years of training like, for that to understand what, what you're talking. Okay, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of prerequisite knowledge required, but I mean, nitinol is like five dollars a meter. It's super cheap and it's open source. Like any metal, any like pretty simple metallurgy lab can make it. It's not. It's not like a closed source thing. Like it was it was invented by the Naval Ordnance Laboratory, which was a government facility. So I mean, it's it's open source to all of us. But I mean, so that's just one thing. So like, so mm -hmm. so a nitinol engine. Okay, done. That's that's interesting. <laughs> so you know, okay, so let's, uh, another low hanging fruit. So you you have a temperature differential. You have heat. How do we turn this heat into a refrigerator? It's like because I mean, with a heat differential, shouldn't you be able to like to pull heat out of something as well? I mean, if you, if you have if you have a predictable temperature differential, so okay, thinking about that, how do uh, fridges in an RV work? They run on propane. How's that working? Okay, well, the propane is running a burner, which is burning a which is running a boiler, and inside this closed loop system is, among other things, water and ammonia, and it's called um, absorption cooling. So the the propane runs this boiler, and the the process of there being a difference in the recondensing temperatures between ammonia and water causes a temperature differential, which then the refrigerator uses to cool your food. So, okay, can we replace the the boiler in a in a RV fridge with a Bitcoin miner? Okay, okay. Well, so the a butane a butane flame is a lot hotter than a Bitcoin uh, the exhaust of a Bitcoin, but okay, that's an engineering problem that can be solved for. So I mean, like just stuff like this, like how do you run a fridge off of a Bitcoin miner? Like it can be done. It's an engineering problem. We just haven't figured out the details yet.
It's like, these are the things that's available to all of us. Like, like it just takes a little bit of curiosity and desire to just start tinkering. And it, like, yeah, dude, we live in such an interesting time. It makes me think that the companies that will survive in engineering are going to be the ones that incorporate the Bitcoin miner into their, and you know what? Here's another thing. Shit coins can't do this, can they? True. It's absolutely true. Shit coins think of mining as like a liability. Like it's like if you if you don't understand Bitcoin, you, I mean, like you don't you don't understand why mining is an important thing. There, yeah, you don't see that the that this connection between heat, energy, and value. Right. I mean, right, and it's like a lot of mine. The vast majority of Bitcoin miners currently. I mean, view heat as a waste product. I mean, but like, that's, I mean, you're just blowing it outside. And if I'm mining during the summer, that's what I'm doing too. I'm blowing it outside. The mm -hmm. only reason I'm not right now is because I want to heat my house. Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, like that, that is waste. That essentially I'm blowing sats, potential sats just out, mm -hmm. out the window into the environment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if, if I'm an intelligent enough engineer, I should be able to solve for that somehow. I, I like the visual on that. Like, with an S9 blowing set out into uh, right, I mean it's generating into some into 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 your pool wallet, and it's also you're also like yeah blowing sets out with the hot and air. sets are hot man, they're hot. I mean hey, you push the clock <laughs> forward long enough, I I can imagine like like twenty of the twenty one million Bitcoin being lost, and like somebody having one sat like having to put using like the whatever like a layer three on top of lightning layer four layer five whatever using like millisat like centisat. Yeah, <laughs> down to like like a single sat could be used to like create some entire future civilization's monetary supply. Oh wow, that's, that's the that's one of the downstream beauties of Bitcoin. Now that is an incredible amount of wealth for the world. I mean, it it changes how you it it changed my time preference, but I mean, yeah, like once you realize the value of a sat. It yeah, it's it's going to impact how you spend dollars because dollars could be sats. Yeah, bro. I'd like uh, like I said, I want to continue this. I want to be respectful of your time. I want to thank you for coming on, dude. This has been fun. I'm I'm so next, glad it uh, that I got to talk to you tonight. Next for time sure. I come back, hopefully I get to meet Dan. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H R T L N D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!